The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the show. I'm Julia Hartley-Brewer and you are with Talk TV. Now, still with me in the studio is former Home Office advisor Claire Pearson and we were going to get to you uh, after uh, the, uh, we've got our next interview where we're going to be going live uh, to Israel. Uh, we're going to be talking to Douglas Murray. First, though, I do want to remind everyone of our question today to the audience. Today we are asking, uh, with disposable vapes uh, planned to be banned by the government under new plans aimed at stopping children from getting hooked on nicotine, I want to know, do you agree with this and will it work? Pretty much you're saying you don't think it'll work and that's the main reason you disagree with it. Uh, do get in touch if you think it will. Love to hear from you. Give us a call on 0344 499 1000 text on 87222 we can get in touch on X at Talk TV. Uh, calls are charged at the national rates text cost one standard network rate message. Right, moving on the US President Joe Biden has blamed Iran for the deaths of three American troops in a drone attack in Jordan uh, 25 other uh, military personnel were also injured. Joining me right now to discuss this and, well, all that's going on in the Middle East, uh, live from Israel, is Talk TV special correspondent Douglas Murray. Good afternoon to you, Douglas. Good afternoon. Good to be with you, Julia. Good, thank you so much again for joining us. Now, um, you've been uh, very busy uh, out in Israel for quite some time. You've also been interviewing the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, and uh, got an exclusive, and it's been uh, playing out uh, since you, you've had it uh, on Talk TV. We want to play a few of the key clips, but just your first reaction, really, to you know, what you, we saw with the attack uh, on the US uh, base... Uh, by, we, it's claimed once again, Iran-backed uh, I I uh, group um, funded by Iran. Three military personnel killed, the first three US personnel killed in combat in the last three years. How, how much do you feel that this is going to escalate issues? Well, it's, it's a very tough question, Julia, because actually, as I was sitting down uh, with Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, the, the news started to come through from Jordan. And uh, it was interesting because uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said to me in our interview uh, that he, he said, w you know, we're willing to do it alone in Israel, dealing with Iran and dealing with Iran's proxies. But he mentioned the fact that in his view, as he said, it's not just Israel that's in the eyes of Iran. It's America who the regime Iran calls, you know, the Satan and Israel Satan, he said. Great Britain as a sort of middle-sized Satan. And he warned in that interview that Iran was after everybody and in the West. And uh, the news almost immediately afterwards came that there'd been this terrible attack on American troops in Jordan by, it appears, an Iranian drone strike. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the timing of this is extraordinary. Shall we just have a little watch and a listen of actually your exchange about about Iran with uh, President, uh, sorry, Prime Minister Netanyahu, uh, when you, you basically said, look, you know, this is one of the biggest questions we need to talk about. Let's have a watch and a listen. Let's come on to the bigger uh, question then, uh, Iran. Uh, everywhere in the region, whether it's in Gaza, whether it's in Lebanon, whether it's in uh, Yemen with the Houthis, um, everything leads back to Iran. Mm -hmm. How can you... How can you solve any of this without addressing the question of Iran? It seems to me you're at risk of fighting skirmishes in the Iranian war, but your prime enemy that says it wants to annihilate this 
country we're sitting in, uh, is still sitting in Tehran. Yeah, well, I think that uh, a total victory uh, over Hamas will impact this larger, uh, this larger contest. Because people will see who's winning. Israel won or Iran won. The West won or Iran won. Uh, and I think that will have an influence on uh, other countries in the region and other conflicts in the region. But secondly, there's a larger uh, issue as well, and that's Iran's quest to uh, develop nuclear weapons. Because if you, 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 you can see what Iran is doing now without nuclear weapons, it's, uh, uh, it's sending terrorists across uh, the Middle East and the world. It's trying to uh, subvert governments. It's uh, using its uh, Houthi proxies to block the international maritime uh, uh, route in uh, uh, the Red Sea. Uh, it's, uh, 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 its proxies are killing Americans as we speak. I mean, it couldn't have been more present, could it? But, Douglas Murray, this is the thing. We know whenever, yeah. you know, with funding of Hamas, funding of Hezbollah in Lebanon, funding of the Houthi rebels, uh, funding of, of this latest organisation. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, we just learn a new one every day, don't we? The Islamic resistance in Iraq. It's always the Iranians. How long does Benjamin Netanyahu think that, you know, Iran can be allowed to continue this funding of, of all this disruption and, frankly, these, these deaths in the Middle East? Well, what he's clearly looking for is an international coalition of countries that recognize the Iranian threat. Uh, as you mentioned, I mean, Hamas is a, uh, is a proxy of Iran. Hezbollah, which has just been rocketing again on the northern border here in Israel just uh, not, not many minutes ago. Uh, Hezbollah is also a, a proxy of, of uh, Iran, obviously. And then, as you say, we have the Houthi, who have been disrupting the shipping channels. Uh, I mean, thank goodness Britain and America stepped in and uh, tried to make sure that the world's shipping channels remain open. Um, because, of course, if, if the rebels, like the Houthi rebels, terrorists, get to just shoot at any international ships they want, then, you know, all sorts of international problems flow from that, including supply chain problems, financial problems, and, and it can't be left only to Israel to keep the world's shipping lanes open apart from anything else. So, obviously, Prime Minister Netanyahu is looking for an international coalition. He's got a bit of it on the Houthi issue already. But, uh, but yes, I mean, it, it, it's clear that... I mean, he's been warning about this threat for decades now. That oh. the prime threat in this region is a nuclear-armed Iran. And uh, uh, certainly, as he said, uh, if, you, if, you, if you're worried about what Iran is doing currently, imagine what they'd do if they're also a nuclear power. Yeah, indeed. I have to say, people who are, are, are watching, we've got a big splodges of rain on the TV camera there where you are uh, in Israel. We'll try and get those cleaned up um, so we can actually see you a bit more clearly, Douglas. Um, but, I mean, this is the thing. It, there is definitely a feeling, isn't there, that the... The, 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 co the coalition that has been, you know, the, the, the supporters, the Western backers of Israel are now sort of gradually slipping away one by one. And there's a real concern. We feel it from Israel. We feel it from many people back here in the UK as well. That, that there's, sort of, there's only so much leeway that uh, when people say, oh, Israel's got a right to self-defence. But we've seen the understandable outcry. Uh, about the, the death of civilians in Gaza, um, and we should all be concerned about and the need to get aid to them. But nevertheless, this is putting pressure on, on Israel to basically, to sort of basically walk away from this conflict with Hamas. Where do you think this is going to lead? Right. 
That's it's a very interesting point. You can see the guards are behind me, incidentally, and you can see some of the action uh, uh, still going on there as the hostilities continue. Um, it's interesting, Netanyahu and others in the Israeli government say that they need many more months to finish their operation against Hamas in uh, Gaza. And of course, as you say, the interesting thing is that the international community it will, is gradually sort of slipping away, or at least warning Israel they want it to be wrapped up fast. The interesting question about that, though, Julia, which came up in, in my interview with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu is, you have this, this, this problem in Israel, that it, they have been fighting wars against Hamas in Gaza and other, other jihadist groups every two or three years since the withdrawal from Gaza uh, by Israel in 2005. And the question that a lot of Israelis, and Prime Minister Netanyahu as well, obviously have is, what the conditions are to defeat Hamas to ensure that they don't have to keep having this war every two or three years. Because that's obviously unsustainable. Uh, it would be unsustainable for Britain or for any other country to have to keep going to war against a terrorist enemy on your borders every two to three years. So Israel wants to finish the job. Prime Minister Netanyahu wants to finish the job of de destroying Hamas. And the interesting question then is, as you say, will the international community buckle and fall away one by one uh, before they can achieve that? Or will they just ignore international uh, pressure and, uh, and, as he said in the interview, go it alone? Yeah, and that's the, the thing. Now, we have had some unity from uh, Western allies over the issue of the UN aid agency, UNRWA, who's been providing aid for hundreds of thousands of, uh, of Palestinians in Gaza over the years, uh, funded by you know, Western taxes, um, and the willingness to just basically pull out that funding, UK, US, France, and many other countries, as, as it emerged, uh, Israel had put together a dossier showing that some 12 members, employees of that aid agency, paid for, organised by the UN, paid for by us, had actually been involved right. in the horrific uh, massacre on October the 7th, including people who actually went over the border to That's inflict, right. uh, you know, it, it, violence against um, Israeli Jews. Now, um, it is extraordinary that that is the case. It's also extraordinary that our funding has mm. gone to funding schools run by this aid agency for years now, where the children are taught your main aim in life is to kill Jews and, and basically just you know, defeat mm. the country of Israel. Our, our aid money has been paying for that. Do you think that the, the countries that have pulled out from that aid, do you think they're right to pull that aid away? Or is it wrong because we are going to see innocent civilians, including children in Gaza, losing out on getting vital food, water and other supplies? No, there's plenty of ways to supply uh, the Palestinian people in Gaza without having to use UNRWA. UNRWA is uh, one of the UN's most corrupted entities. Um, it's meant to have been responsible for the education of children, and as you just said, I mean, they've been... Uh, the schools in Gaza, it can't be... Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's very widely understood outside of this region, but uh, the schools in Gaza have had free reign uh, for 18 years, and they have brought up an entire generation on hatred. And this is using UN-paid uh, textbooks. This is money that you and I and all viewers watching have paid in our taxes that have gone to UNRWA. And then it turns out, not for the first time, that uh, UNRWA employees were involved in the terror attacks and, and much more. I mean, uh, uh, one of the employees of UNRWA actually had Israeli hostages in their home, held in their home in Gaza. Um, UNRWA is a totally corrupted entity. And the fact that America, Britain and a whole set of other countries started to withdraw funding 
at the weekend, I think is a positive sign. But it should be understood that it's not the only UN agency that's so corrupted. On the northern border of Israel, where I was again the other day, there's meant to be a UN peacekeeping uh, 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 entity there to prevent Hezbollah building up its rocket arsenal. It hasn't prevented uh, Hezbollah building up its rocket arsenal, which again is likely to set the preconditions for another war in Lebanon at some point in the future. And I saw the footage just the other day of a UN uh, peacekeeping convoy leaving its compound on the, uh, on the Lebanon-Israel border, Hezbollah firing rockets into Israel, and all that the UN uh, convoy did was to turn around, do a U-turn, and go back to their base. Now tell me... Yeah. Tell me how that is a peacekeeping mission instead of just a war-watching mission. And uh, you can understand that it's not just UNRWA, it's all sorts of parts of the UN, these international bodies, which under a cloak of virtue and under a cloak of humanitarianism, which is the case with some of them, nevertheless allows incredibly inhumane uh, actions, not just rocket fire in the north, but as I say, the indoctrination of a generation of Palestinian children who deserve very much better. Well, indeed, and again, that becomes to the issue of like how you do have peace. I mean, there's talk of you know ceasefire talks in Qatar uh, with Hamas, but again, how do you have peace with a country where an entire generation of children have been raised believing that you know, Jews are subhuman, they've got no right to exist? Your job in life. I've seen extraordinary videos. This is really well documented now. You know, your job is to be a suicide bomber uh, to kill as many as possible. I mean, yeah. th there, there is no peace in those circumstances. Let me also ask you, in the context no. of the International Court of Justice and their ruling, sort of partial interim ruling uh, last week, uh, after South Africa brought the case uh, saying that uh, Israel was guilty of genocide uh, in uh, Gaza. Again, I don't think people understand the definition of the word genocide in these cases, um, but they didn't seem to be that concerned about what Hamas did on October the 7th. But there we are, that's each to their own. But... Um, this, this, uh, um, this, this ruling by the European International Court that Israel should avoid anything that could lead to genocide, I would have thought that was a given anyway. But what did you make of that court uh, interim decision? Well, it was interesting, but the most interesting thing about the uh, ICJ is the fact that the case was brought at all. Uh, I mean, uh, there's plenty of, of actual genocides that have gone on in the world in recent years about which the ICJ has had nothing to say and nobody has reported it. The, the massacres of Christians in northern Nigeria, which before, uh, go unnoticed by the international community and nobody seems to care about it. In any case, what's been happening... In myself, I mean, if the Israelis wanted to commit genocide, they could, I suppose. But, I mean, there's no sign that they do want to. They want to eradicate Hamas. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder. Older. Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio.